0: Hello and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's
1: top executives and thought leaders. We are here today with Adam Conrad, the founder of Great Recruiters. Thank you, Adam, for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Kaylin. Appreciate you having me on.
1: So how did you get obsessed with rehabilitating the reputation of recruiters?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, so I've been in the recruiting industry for over eighteen years prior to founding great recruiters. And for me, you know, one of the things that always kind of disturbed me and I always kinda of go back to this is if you, you know, do a search for recruiters are the results are not very favorable. And, you know, I know a lot of great recruiters in the industry and uh, I like to think to myself that I that I did a pretty good job. And you know, I really see that there's a disconnect between the great work that recruiters are doing and kind of some of those perceptions out there. And so really, for me, I see this as a great industry and I wanted to be able to provide a way to help to elevate and grow great recruiters. And so that's really what, you know, brought me to building a platform that helped recruiters manage their reputations with their candidates.
1: And I think you have a pretty cool perspective as someone who is both an 18-year veteran of the industry and someone who works with currently with staffing firms from all over the globe. And I was wondering if you could give us an insight on what sets the staffing firms that succeed apart from those who are just sort of getting by. Yeah, so
0: I think that long term, I think those who are really going to continue excelling in such a competitive marketplace are ones that have really embraced recruiting as a relationship type business. I think Mm -hmm. there's a number of firms out there that operate very transactional. Recruiters are trained to really be glorified telemarketers, you know, pushing job descriptions Mm -hmm. to candidates. And there's really very little value in those types of conversations for one. Two, it's a really hard racket for a recruiter to start over every single time, you know, with a new conversation. And so, you know, for me, it's always been around building those relationships. And I think the firms that understand that every connection you make is an opportunity, it could be somebody you place today. It could be somebody you place tomorrow. It could be somebody who turns into a great source of referral. And I've even had examples of candidates that I never Placed that became hiring managers. And because of the experience that I was able to drive with them when they were in that seat, being able to do hiring on their own, you know, I was somebody that they reached out to. And so I really think that firms today who embrace the fact that their reputation is everything and will continue to be, and candidates will continue to demand more from recruiters, those firms who embrace it early, I think are going to really be the ones that really stay on top.
1: Yeah. And the the word, I think, reputation gets thrown around a lot, and I think it might have different meanings for different people. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what we're talking about when we talk about reputation in staffing and recruiting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think reputation, staffing, and recruiting really is, you know, your own personal brand as a recruiter. And I think one of the biggest indicators of a strong reputation is when you see a lot of referrals you know, your reputation is really how you're perceived. Mm-hmm. From a company standpoint, there's a lot of review sites out there that I think really don't provide a real strong overview of those organizations because there are a bunch of anonymous reviews of people that are, you know, really had a poor experience and they're trying to find a way to vent it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that really, I think, paints the reputation overall of the industry, And, you know, for us, I think it's really about taking control of that. And the best way you can take control of your own reputation is to ask for feedback, be transparent, and find out if there are ways that you can continue to improve and provide value to those people that you serve.
1: Great. And this is actually dovetails into one of my next questions is, do you have any other actionable tips that firms listening right now can use to improve their online reputation?
0: Yeah, I think, well, first, number one, I think you need to take control of it. And so if you're not asking for feedback, you know, whether or not you use our platform, which I think is working wonderfully for our customers, you know, you really need Mm -hmm. to take that first step to being open to receiving feedback. I think there's a lot of firms that are fearful, you know, of what people are going to say. And really, Mm -hmm. I think you need to turn that fear into an opportunity for growth. And so number one, I think you definitely need to take control, start asking for feedback. Two, you know, there's sites out there and there's people that are speaking about your firm on these sites. And I think you can't ignore them. You have to take an active role in engaging with them. In ways you can do that, it depends on the site. But, you know, one of the best things you can do is certainly monitor what people are saying, set up Google alerts, and certainly take action when feedback is provided. Unfortunately, many times that feedback is anonymous, so you really can't do anything to resolve that specific situation, but at least from a public-facing standpoint, you can reply to those comments. Many of these tools provide you the ability to, you know, comment on a review site. And then the other piece is, is I think you need to make sure that, you know, what people are saying isn't really true, and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it Mm -hmm. takes brave people to really, Take a real deep look at how they're interacting, what they're doing and asking themselves, you know, if this was my mom, if this was my brother or sister, would I be treating them this way? And, you know, for a lot of firms, I think that's that's scary because it is work. It's a lot easier to just kind of run a fast paced, high transaction business. But I think long term, the success is You know, making sure that you have those valuable interactions and have mechanisms in place to be able to measure those interactions and making sure that what you're saying on your website is actually what you're doing. And if it's not, you know, being able to resolve those issues and take action.
2: This episode of the staffing show is brought to you by staffing referrals, the only recruiter referral platform designed specifically for staffing firms. If you're like most staffing firms, you're probably not using a digital referral platform which means you're missing up to 60% of your potential referral placements. That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Their recruiter referral platform helps you capture more referrals by transforming your candidates and contractors into digital brand ambassadors. Why do staffing firms love staffing referrals? You'll instantly get a referral program like the ones used by Lyft, Uber, and Airbnb. Your recruiters get their very own brand ambassador program. And your company will get more referral leads than ever before. I think you should check it out. If you'd like to get more referral leads for your recruiters, check out their 90-day pilot. They're giving Staffing Show listeners $500 off their first 90 days. To claim your $500 discount, visit staffingreferrals.com forward slash hub. I think you'll love it.
1: And in your experience, how have the staffing firms that really ground their performance review and their training in the feedback from candidates? How have they sort of found it in themselves? like found that bravery in themselves to face the you know face the music.
0: Yeah, I, and I think for many of the firms that we work with. They always had the braveness, right? Mm-hmm. They were just looking mm-hmm. for a simple way, a great platform for them to be able to accomplish that. So I think that a lot of uh, clients that are using our platform today understand the value already of the feedback, are committed to not only saying they want to drive great experiences, but are committed to, you know, tweaking their process and and opening themselves up for that feedback. So I think mm-hmm. they're already kind of a step ahead. Because they don't need to be convinced this is important. I Mm -hmm. think as time goes on, this is going to be as relevant as a job board is.
1: Yeah, and that it seems to me that this is all a part of holding the candidate experience at the very center of everything that you do or that staffing firms do. And I wonder what, from this work that you've seen, or maybe on both sides of the recruiting process, what have you seen that really is the foundation for a really great candidate experience.
0: Yeah, well, a couple things there. I mean, I think that there's a lot of companies out there that are talking to the people that they place, their employees, their clients, they're asking for feedback. You know, but that represents a very small percentage of the people who actually interact with your team, with your recruiters. And if you're looking for just positive feedback, ask the person that you just successfully placed in a job. If you're really looking to improve where there's opportunities, Throughout the process, you need to start asking a lot more frequently. You know, most recruiters only Mm -hmm. place between two and 5% of the people they talk to. And recruiters are on the front line of of a staffing firm's brand. They're talking to more people, engaging uh, with more people on a daily basis, putting that brand out in front of them. And if you're only asking the people you place, you're losing out on, you know, 95% of the people who've worked with you, their perspective. Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen as far as creating a great experience, I think, number one, I think you need to set expectations up front. I always like to say, you know, you want to put your agenda second and put the candidate's agenda first. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to lead in with saying, I have this great job. Is this this something you're interested in? Because if it's not, the door's closed. The call's over. But if you open Mm -hmm. up to say, we help a lot of people like you, not sure if I have the right position for you today, but I'd like to learn a little bit more about your goals, values, expectations, motivators, differentiators, Mm -hmm. your value. You get a well-rounded understanding of that candidate. And number one, Mm -hmm. I think that it definitely feels like a different conversation. So you have to be an active listener, and then it's appropriate to bring up the right opportunity, the right job. Jobs come with companies. Companies have cultures. People are looking for different things in those cultures. If you don't discover that from a candidate's perspective, then you're just aligning skill sets. And I think that's where technology and automation is going to replace, you know, firms that have that very transactional approach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that, the, uh, oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was just <laughs> going to say, once you make those strong connections, you have to nurture those relationships. You have to be responsive. Mm-hmm. You have to follow up. You have to demonstrate experience. You know, anybody can read a job order. But the value of a recruiter mm-hmm. is understanding the intricacies of the hiring manager, the company culture, why it would be a good fit, how it aligns with the candidate. So all of those little things aid in that experience. And I think you just you also need to provide some advice and guidance along the way. If you're only helping 5% of the people that you talk to, you still have an opportunity to provide a lot of value to the other 95%. And those are things that people are going to remember. So later on, when the right opportunity comes up, they're thinking of you, if they become a hiring manager, they're remembering those things and that experience. And so I think those are some of the things that we really try to educate and drive recruiters to shift themselves from being this transactional recruiter to really uh, an advisor, a career coach, you know, career advisor, talent advisor, whatever you want to call it, but really enhancing themselves beyond that stigmatism of, you know, recruiters are.
1: That's interesting. And it seems that there are two trends that you're pointing to: both this move from transactional recruiting to more relation-based consultative recruiting, and also this push to automate or bring in the right tech tools to sort of take over the more rote parts of the recruiting process. And I was I was wondering for the staffing firms that you've worked with or in your experience, do you have any advice for staffing firms on how they can make smart technology choices that allow their recruiters basically to be more human.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great distinction. How does technology make you more human? Where I think many times people mistake technology to look really inward to say, how can I automate everything? How can I make everything Mm -hmm. simple for myself? And really technology in my perspective should be used to be able to enhance that relationship. Right. Automate those things that are, that are easy to automate, but don't try to automate the value that a recruiter is providing to a candidate. And so I think you really need to find out what pieces are not going to just enhance yourself internally, but how can technology enhance the value for the candidate on the other end? So it's not automate everything. It's augment your technology with your, the human side of this business and find a way to bring the two together where it makes sense not just automating everything and just automating that matching. I think that provides mm-hmm. little value to both sides.
2: This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by TextUs. You might remember TextUs for their conversational text messaging software that helps recruiters communicate faster with candidates. Since launching four years ago, TextUs has become the largest provider of text messaging to the staffing industry. In fact, over 500 staffing firms choose TextUs more than any other texting software on the market. Why are they so popular? Because getting a hold of the top talent is more difficult than ever. That's where TextUs comes in. Their real-time communication platform helps your recruiters cut through the noise and get a response. If you want to increase recruiter productivity, you should check out TextUs. You can claim your staffing show exclusive free 30-day pilot by visiting textus.com forward slash hub just go to textus.com forward slash hub to claim your pilot and start recruiting in real time
1: so you've been coaching kids baseball for a couple of years now and I, i'm wondering <laughs> if there's anything that you've learned in like uh, running around with those kids that you you have applied to your work with great recruiters in the in the past two years too
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, let me tell you, I've coached everywhere from four-year-olds in t ball, where <laughs> I've learned a great deal of patience and fun, to you know more competitive baseball with my older son, who's going to be eleven here, and you know he plays competitive baseball. What have I learned from that that uh, has helped me with great recruiters? You know, I think from a coaching perspective, everybody's different, and everybody mm-hmm. needs a different style. And one style of coaching fits really well with one child, but it might not fit well for another. And I think that's very Mm -hmm. much like recruiting. You can't take Mm -hmm. every conversation to be the same conversation. You really need to Mm -hmm. understand that individual so you can go ahead and shape that experience of what's best going to suit them. And so I think that that ties into just coaching recruiters and understanding what type of recruiters and not trying to make everybody the same, but really, Mm -hmm. you know, embracing their strengths and trying to really highlight those strengths and then figure out maybe where the weaknesses are and what pieces you can put in place to help support those weaknesses, but not try to think that everybody is going to be exactly the same because that's, uh, Mm -hmm. that's impossible. So off the cuff, that's, that's what I think I've I've learned.
1: (laughs) I love it. And then looking ahead, where do you see the staffing and recruiting industry heading in the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting point. You know, we've never seen so much technology entering the marketplace. And what's funny, if you asked me this 18 months ago, my answer would have been a little bit different than it is today. But I think Mm -hmm. what's happening with the introduction to so much technology, I'm hearing more around humanizing recruitment. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is what... People got excited with technology and automation and all these cool things you can do and all these emails and text messages and chat bots and all of this great stuff. But at some point, people want relationships and people want to connect. And so I think we are going to see more technology coming into the marketplace, and really we're going to see a shift where that technology is helping to humanize the recruitment, mm-hmm. not to automate or replace it. Where 18 months mm-hmm. ago, I think there was a lot of conversation and concern that recruiters are going to get replaced. You know, technology is going to automate it. And I agree, there's, mm-hmm. there's pieces that definitely like I said, those high transaction shops, I think, can be automated because they're really not doing much besides matching. And mm-hmm. But I really see that those technologies and those firms are going to be really keen on how to make technology enhance the process, enhance those relationships, and make recruiters better at what they do, not replace them. That's
1: awesome. And what what's on the horizon for great recruiters?
0: What's on the horizon for great recruiters? You know, I think that there's a number of things that we're really looking at. And we take a, a strong interest in kind of, you know, learning from our clients and listening to things that they want. And what I'm hearing is, you know, really, it's around personal brand development, personal brand mm-hmm. marketing. And I think there's a great opportunity to help showcase those great recruiters and to start using our platform to start letting the, the cream rise to the top, creating a differentiation in the marketplace that not all recruiters are created equal. But today, there isn't a place you know where you can really find that. And I see that as a great opportunity for great recruiters.
1: Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at StaffingHub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.